This week's episode, as always, is brought to you by Patchworks, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle. Please visit them online at P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. And speaking of Patchworks, Modular Seattle and Patchworks present Velocity, August 27th, 2022, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. at the substation in Seattle, Washington. It's a trade show. There will be seminars, workshops, and performances. Who are the headliners, you might be asking yourself? Well, let me tell you. We've got Richard Devine, Daedalus, and Lisa Belladonna. Walker Farrell will also be there. Traversi and ALX 106. Todd Barton. Patricia Wolf. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so many of our favorite uh, Seattle performers like Balance Spring and Project 32 and Giselle Gabrielle Garcia and Leandro and Lousy Falcon and Limanjaya and Former and just so many more. Infidel Tech. They just, the, the list goes on and on. But guess who is doing a live Podular Modcast at Velocity? This guy with the three headliners. Tickets available now at VelocitySeattle.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held and I'm excited to bring you this chat with Nick Kolkvoid and Alexander Tucker to talk about their new project, Brood X Cycles. Their album Sleep Nameless Fear is out today on the State 51 Conspiracy. Both Nick and Alex have um, all sorts of different projects. They're they're uh, huge on collaboration, um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get some good advice and insight as to how to uh, you know collaborate with modular, um, and not just modular, just having a, an artistic collaborative process, um, you know, in general, and how important. Uh, you know, setting aside your ego is and whatnot. Uh, Nick has other bands, Factory Floor, which I've, you know, I've been listening to Factory Floor for years. Uh, Carter Tutty Void, NVPR, and then Alex, uh, you know, Microcorps, Non-Existent, Grumble Fur, done some work with, uh, I think he's worked with Sun a little bit. Um, but yeah, this album is super cool, and I think you're gonna enjoy it and this conversation. But before we get into that conversation, there are a few things that I want to talk about. Um, the first thing is I got a Soma, I got a Soma Enter, and oh my gosh, is it super cool. Um, and I've been playing with, the last night I started playing with it and Strega together, and whoo, but yeah, it's uh, it's wild. It's a wild machine, it's a beautiful piece of art. If you're not familiar, I highly recommend you go check it out. Um, they're made to order, so you have to like, order it and then they'll make it and send it to you so it's not like something you can get at stores it's really like a piece of art and a synth at the same time and i'm absolutely loving it and while i'm talking about it i'm gonna put some uh sample packs up on the patreon page full of some of the experimentation i've done with enter and uh running strega through it um and just you know just the sounds that that it makes on its own it is wild so uh yeah if you want to help support me on patreon head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast and get yourself uh some cool samples there's already some samples up there i've got some um morphogene reels which work as samples they're just wave files um 
let's see I've got some field recordings in there I've got some uh, just like electric piano like Rhodesy Wurlitzer kind of stuff um, and then I've got some Benjolin uh, wackiness on there and if there are any type of uh, samples that you would like me to think about making in the future let me know on the uh, on the patreon page and once again thank you to everybody who supports me over there and then uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about here in this intro is I um, you know, I'd, I'd done some advertisements for uh, Tiny Crush Mixing uh, in the past, old, uh, Hugo over there at Tiny Crush Mixing, and I decided that I wanted to try to get something of my own mixed, because um, I've, al I've always mixed my own stuff and I really enjoy doing it, but, um, you know, I've just, I've been curious of what it's like to have to work with a mix engineer on something. So, uh, yeah, I, I worked on, I worked up this really, really wild, uh, track with guitar and bass and modular and it's 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 pretty cool I like it a whole lot and um, so yeah we've been we've been kind of going back on back and forth on that and uh, it's been a really cool experience like he, he's so thorough like we had some meetings and just he has this whole questionnaire that he really tries to pinpoint um, what you're looking for as an artist and he really wanted to you know really wants to try to bring out uh, what you know your your intention in it. Um, so that's been that's that was really cool um, and uh, Yeah, I also wanted a, a professional mix uh, Engineer to do this because I'm just having a hell of a time getting clean sounding uh, not clean but like Guitar tracks that don't have a bunch of unwanted noise in them. So uh, Yeah, so you know that was one of the things that I talked about but um yeah, it's just been a pleasure so far. So I want to keep you updated on that. And then, um, you know, once I get the mix back, obviously I'm going to play it for you. But um, I don't know, just the, the mixing process, while it is very fun for me, another thing is, is I don't really have a whole lot of time to mix my own stuff. So it's been uh, it's been cool to be able to just focus on the writing and uh, and then send that off. Um, so, yeah. Um, just I wanted to wanted to share that experience and just give a shout out to Hugo. Um, thanks, man. That's been it's been really fun working with you so far. Uh, yeah, what else is going on here at PodMod headquarters? We're getting closer to Velocity. I know I mentioned it in the opening of the show, but I'm so excited for that. Um, and I really, really think that you should go, even if you don't live in the Northwest. Come on out. Come on out and hang out with us. It'll be really fun. I also want to mention that um, I'm having a heck of a time, or a heck of a good time, a hell of a good time, I'd even say, um, working with After Later Audio and working on their, uh, you know, making demos for their stuff. So I just wanted to mention that there are some new Ornament and Crime videos up on the YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, if there are any, I just figure I'd put the call out here. If there are any um, After Later Audio modules that you would like a demo video of, uh, let me know. I will, uh, I will put it on the list but yeah it's been it's been super fun um it's also just really cool to uh you know if, if i'm gonna do a demo on something i really have to learn how to use it so it's just making me a better synthesis so that's that's always fun um so yeah shout out to after later for giving me that after that opportunity that afternoonity <laughs> i'm gonna leave that in uh for the opportunity um yeah the the you know I'm just having so much fun with the, the Carve module and the Blend module and all the different Ornament and Crime apps, and we are working on some extremely cool stuff. We've finished some really cool stuff that I can't quite talk about yet, but I'm telling you, uh, 
yeah, our our original products over there after later audio are going to be. Uh, I mean, they're already cool, but just wait till you see what's going to be coming out later this year. Um, and then, you know, on that subject and back to the Patreon, I, I'm planning on giving away some, just randomly, some uh, prototype modules of some of the stuff that I, I've been working on and that we've been working on. Um, not quite yet because we have to release the modules, of course, but um, yeah, there's some incentive to maybe uh, sign up for the Patreon. There might be some random uh, module giveaways. Uh, yeah, and I, and really quick, last thing, this song that you hear playing is actually me and my friend Steven Jett, who plays piano, um, and this is part of the second recording session that, uh, I will actually be talking about with, with Nick and Alex, uh, during this episode, so I thought it'd be fun to, to play a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Don't forget their new album is out today, Brood X Cycles. Let's go chat with Nick and Alex. Thank you once again for coming back to Podular Modcast. And we're going. So Nick, before we started recording, uh, Alex and I were were talking about, you know, your guys' album and just kind of how the new album is feels like a real uh a really great mix of both of your sounds kind of leading up to it. Um so I kind of want to like dive into that, but before we get there, um Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, no problem. This is I, I find myself in in a rough situation when I have like two guests on, especially if they have like both a pretty storied like career. Like you, like people listening are inevitably going to be like, "You should have talked about this. Why didn't he ask about this?" Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out where to start. So I'd kind of like just to start with how you two met and like kind of the story of you becoming collaborators. How did that, how did that all turn out? Oh, geez. I think it was, um, actually, um, I was at a factory floor show at the Oval Space in London and, um, I invited Alex to come and DJ as Alexander Tucker. Um, and it took me a few hours to realize that that was Alex because I knew Alex as with a big beard and long hair, you know, <laughs> and, and there was this guy backstage just like tying away really like, I thought, who is this guy? He's so nice. Who is this guy? And I didn't, it didn't occur to me. It was Alex. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. My, my set, my set got caught, cut a bit short as well, didn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> It was a chaotic <laughs> night as usual, you know. They usually that was great. Are. I got to play some Godflesh and some Bardo Pond to a to a large <laughs> to crowd, tra- electronic crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's what we, that's what it's all about, though. With us, is like going beyond the boundaries, you know, trying to mix it up a bit, and that's what was so good. Exactly. Like, I think what sparked our friendship off at the beginning, at the start, was just like, you know, we 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 both have this kind of path of different collaborations and music yeah. um listening and learning and then and, and, yeah. and, it, and it felt like we were both sort of like like working on the outside borders of things you know just mm-hmm. like on, on on the outside edges and and like sort of like looking exploring those areas and that was something that I think we realized we had in common pretty much straight away yeah okay. definitely yeah and I think just going to see because I, I didn't really have I think that was the first time I'd seen Factory Floor live. And um, 
the and first think, and the last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next time I saw you, I think it was just like a live show. You just did like a really quick set before you had to like run off and get a train. But I was, <laughs> I was really taken with it and just like, and I hadn't got into modular stuff at that point. Um, so, yeah, I had, had kind of no idea about any of that gear really, except for just owning like a gen synth tone, you know, since I was 18, which kind of had these different sections like, you know, VCF and... <laughs> NFO and kind of like VCA and I was just like I think for years I just saw those 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 collections of letters and didn't really know what they did really <laughs> you know just used to <laughs> mess the around same story yeah <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and um yeah and then I think just I think yeah I'd seen Nick play and then I'd seen Chris Carter doing modular sets and I'd seen Daniel Miller doing modular sets. And I was suddenly like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. You know, I didn't realise that. I think friends that had modular gear before that, I'd just seen them kind of doing, I don't know, just sort of tone, frequency kind of stuff, droney sort of stuff. And I didn't realise that you could kind of make proper music with them, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I know there's like a real power in the beat with um, with modular synth, you know, like yeah. the kind of the clones of the 909s and the 808s and then being able to like really shape those those sounds as well, like, you know, they've been modified. Um, and and it's the same with me. As soon as I saw um, performances where it was, it was beat-driven as opposed to like more textual ambient sets, I was just like, wow that is so powerful, you know, yeah. I really want that. And, and and still, like, nothing compares to that 909 kick, I don't know why, through modular synth. It, you know, mm -hmm. through all the collaborations I do, I always end up using that kick, and everyone just goes, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's it, that's the sound. <laughs> you know, yeah. Instead of doing a new order and spending a whole week <laughs> trying to find a kick sound, I've got it instantly. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, somebody's already done the hard work for me. Like, why don't I just grab that one, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think after seeing, like, Nick and Chris Carter, I was like, oh, yeah, I could, you know, sample the cello and kind of do these sort of malfunctioning or orchestral kind of things with it. And was suddenly like, because, you know, before that, I'd always just use kind of effects pedals linked up and loopers. So I'd always... There'd always been an element of resampling. So, you know, I was always sort of known for being a guitar player. And I've, you know, I've never had like any interest in guitars at all, really. <laughs> like for, yeah, I would just play my dad's old 12 string that I'd had for years and put a pickup in that and always just grab what was at hand and kind of, you know, get rudimentary bits of gear. But it was always going through this sort of some sort of process of of sort of synthesis in a way. But even though yeah. I didn't realize it really, you know, I the same way. I've, I started playing guitar at twelve and really started gravitating towards the effects side of it. And and I like playing guitar, but um, 
I feel like sometimes it's a little bit more of a means to an end. So like, yes, you it's know? like a con it's a conduit, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. it's literally the the pickup is the most important. <laughs> yeah, thing. right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> You know, friends would come over and I'd, my electric guitar would have two strings on it. And they'd be like, Alex, why? You know, why have you only got two strings on this? I'd be like, yeah, but listen. Just be like. <laughs> it's time to get into modular when you play, like when you're playing guitar and you're on one knee and the guitar sitting on its you know on its back and you're just holding it up by its neck and you're yeah, yeah. playing the pedals more than you're playing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I feel like maybe you both have maybe had that kind of was that similar for you Nick that that because I know you're a guitar player as well and still yeah, use guitar yeah, but... yeah I mean uh, um so um with guitar it was definitely the same it was like using extended techniques with sticks and bows <laughs> feeding mm -hmm. that into numerous pedals on on a table as opposed to on the floor and you know um i, I started using like a sequencer with the guitar running the, the, the feedback of the guitar through it and creating these sequences and and i think i've never moved away from that entirely like now i use i sample the guitar and run it through the modular you know and, and again use sequences to to make almost arpeggiators which you would assume were from you know like a a, a synth voice Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think it's it's um the, the capabilities of the guitar is, is is kind of interesting and when you kind of go away from the kind of rock god of the guitar <laughs> pose you know you just, <laughs> i mean for me it was it was mainly because i was um you know i just didn't want to play it like i'd been taught it from listening to a lot of the people around me you know like all the records yeah, exactly. i've listened to um, I wanted yeah. to find my own entry point into it. And so, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how it worked, started. Yeah. I felt like I was just getting kind of limited in what I could actually express through this. Like I wasn't, I knew, I, I realized at some point, I think in my early thirties, like, I know I'm not going to say anything that hasn't been said with just this instrument. It, mm. I'm not saying there's not more things to say with that instrument. I don't think I'm going to figure out what that that new thing to say is. But if I, you know, I feel like I, I found my own expressive voice within more, you know. Yeah. Not so, you know, it's getting into synths and then into modular. So, yeah, I think yeah. it was it wasn't until I started doing open tunings that things really opened up for me. Yeah. Because it was like standard tunings always really bored me and still kind of do in a way um, on guitar. I've never been and, um, brave enough to take the leap, but I, I think I should. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's amazing. I remember that first experience of doing, you know, D-A-G-G-A-D or something, you know, and just putting one finger down on the fretboard and strumming it or doing a open, you know, pit pattern and just moving it around, just being, oh, my God, there's like, you know, a huge, huge scope here. I can go anywhere with this, even mm -hmm. though it's quite rigid and structured. But that's great, you know, because I feel like open tuning, it's almost like got the whole history of, you know, music, you know, within that, within that, that set mm -hmm. notes, yeah. you know. So, so it was like, and it's almost quite, I think a, a tuning's almost like a patch as well. You know, it, it only really does, you know, a specific thing. But within that, there's, you know, huge scope. 
for places that's, to that's, go. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I got a ukulele and know nothing about ukulele, just got it for camping. And I found like, just because of my, my dexterity in my hands from playing guitar, I could, I could play it and I just had to figure some stuff out and I wasn't playing it like you would play a ukulele, but it, I also wasn't playing the way that I would play guitar because it was a totally different tuning. So yeah. now, now you've got me thinking, now my wheels are turning. <laughs> I, I think the, um, the thing that is important not to forget is that the guitar is a handheld instrument and, um, and it, and it sounds emotional, you know, like when you listen to the, you know, records and you got Fripp like doing the, um, you know, like the, 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 the yeah, the, the, <laughs> the bends and, and, you know, and it's actually really emotional. It pulls at you emotionally. I know it did me. And, um, and I think when you're, when you're doing a synth, um, when you're doing like a, a MIDI pattern for a synth, you can't kind of engage in that type of emotion. So I Definitely. think using the cross between, I felt using cross between guitar, loud feedback and stuff, and building it into a modular setup was was my you know that was my eureka moment you know mm, of trying yeah. to keep that emotion in within that mechanic within those mechanics you know i like yeah, i like great. the way you worded that like because i i just recently started recording again and i'm heavily using guitar and bass and i think the reason i'm still gravitated towards those within like the modular realm is i that i can find that kind of expressive mood or tone, you know, in the modular, but the human aspect of it is harder for me to find in there. And that's where I feel like it to inject some humanity into this almost like collaboration with this machine. Yeah. You know, that's what um, we wanted to do with Brudex Cycles was um, mm -hmm. to bring, you know, I brought my cello down to Nick and Nick had like a load of, you know, guitar samples. And then we just started to kind of meld those two things. I think, I think Nick also sort of um, recorded um, some of my cello onto the Morphogene. And, um, and we, you know, played around with that as well and then messed around with our voices as well. So it's still very like a cybernetic kind of world, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, so there's still that sort of, slightly severed kind of human aspect to it but it's still kind yes. of in there you know mm -hmm. there's totally. still those organic sounds in there you kind of uh, answered a couple of my questions that I had <laughs> about that. No, that's quite all right. Um, but again. I was, as I was listening, I was like, okay, there's there's a morphogene in here at least. I know that. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about just the actual tracking and and just like the, I guess from start to finish, from hey, let's make this record, like from that moment on, because it seems like a really cool process. And I know, like you mentioned earlier, you guys are both you know, you seem to both be really into the idea of collaboration. So I really want to talk about that as well. Um, but yeah, like what, how did, how did it start? Some, one of you guys called the other said, Hey, let's make a record or, or how does this, how does this go? Yeah, I think it was just, what was it? I came down. I think it was just, yeah, I was just like, shall I come down? Well, yeah, I think it was because, um, you see me as, um, older sister nick in modular world that totally. you, you yeah, just yeah, yeah. you just started your rack you still you know you got the make noise um case right and yeah, it was starting yeah, to yeah. get full um yeah. <laughs> with my experience with um hooking up to another modular um you know setup like which i did with peter rayberg 
um, with MPVR. That's what we, we used to just set up. We didn't actually sync too much. I mean, we weren't we weren't like uh, we we did it initially, but then we kind of moved away from that. So we were freeforming, imp improvising with each other. But I think there's something exciting. It's almost like a, a sort of christening, almost when you get two two systems together. Um, operated by two separate people that are yeah. synced together, you know, and it's just yeah. like, oh I don't think my I'd... god, it's mirroring time think... with each other and <laughs> all this type like... of stuff starts to <laughs> yeah, emerge and think... happen. And so I managed to get him at the point, get Alex at the point when that just happens. And that's uh -huh. like the most exciting thing because you just pour out all this energy, you know, of, of these ideas because you can suddenly, suddenly your 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 system starts to work differently. You know, yeah, yeah. it's being yeah. controlled by something else, but also it's giving you a load of like pathways to discovery of like, oh, these beats work together, these sounds are working together. And it's really exciting. And, and luckily we were recording at the same time and that's kind of how it happened. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever had that, that sort of situation playing with somebody where I had that sort of link. Like I played with other people where we were all playing with the same tuning but I hadn't had that actual kind of, you know, where it was became kind of one system almost just from this very simple thing of sharing a clock. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was like, yeah, it was great. And we did like, what, two days of improvising. Um, yeah, some beats things, some drones, some kind of noise things. And I just remember being completely and utterly lost. I don't think I told you, Nick. I think I almost drooled on my um, on one of the modules at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> sorry. It was not. It was. It was on. You know. It was on one of my modules. So. Is that um, when I went? Alan had a cup of tea, perhaps. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tracking just, this is like it's two days. Yeah. You said. Yeah, two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so that's the thing. Like... So, many, so many things can happen, can't they? Within Definitely, an hour's yeah. improvisation, you go to so many different places, so many textures, so many rhythms. And um, and so we just, you know, so we had quite a few hours of, of improvising and then just mm -hmm. took those and started chopping the sections up. And um, did, we didn't really do any treatments afterwards. Yeah. Uh, maybe just a little bit of reverb or something and... I think maybe a little bit of delay just to get one of the rhythms just a bit a bit more moving, a bit more dancing. Mm -hmm. But I think that was it really. And just um it's just great when you get those stems and you just both start sort of peeling back the layers. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. know. Yeah. It's one of the great yeah. things about modular I find is is you can get it sounding so close to the way you actually want it to sound on the record that it doesn't take too much, you know. Oh, just yeah, some light yeah. mixing in the end and it really can come together nicely yeah i mean today i was in a um some start working with factory floor again and i was like i want a low pass filter on this and i and i tried to do it with plugins and you know what it took me two hours and i thought this isn't the same <laughs> i'm just gonna re-record that section tomorrow you know it's it's like it, i think yeah there's something about that that magical it sound from 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 some um, it's like it's just so electrical <laughs> with it. <laughs> it's just so bang on you know it's got it's just yeah it's just a really pure sound that you can't really get that depth when you can create these relationships like you know 
the the tactile and tangible side of it i think you know there's more to it than just enjoying having the tactile i think you know you get you get to know that cutoff knob on that particular not just on a q pass for instance but your q pass or whatever you know like and and you know where to turn it to get to that sound that you're looking for but when you're on a plug-in i mean you could probably get that <laughs> that uh, fluidity with a plug-in but you're not using it as often so it's just yeah it's much quicker and yeah. i think more gratifying because you feel more of a connection i don't know i, mm. I feel like there, there's a lot to that actual physical connection because we we're such tactile and you know we have so many so many senses and we're, we're engaging with like almost all of the senses um mm. when we're, we're exactly doing this. yeah you know, i yeah. think there's something to that i've never used the computer to like make music like not ever i've only ever used it as basically as a tape machine you know mm -hmm. same here yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i've i put some like before modular some sub bass under like something you know like some but I, every time i dive into a plugin and try to do synth sounds or anything like that there's just immediately i don't it's just nothing nothing clicks i don't i don't feel i don't feel like that spark that makes me do what mm. i like to do most mm. you know it doesn't give me that spark so i don't end up using yeah, it. yeah you don't have that same relationship of mm -hmm. following yeah. a certain pathway and that mm -hmm. pathway can take you to you know completely other place Mm -hmm, totally yeah i think there's that notion of trust as well isn't there because i think you know you're creating those your own sounds in a in a modular synth um setup mm -hmm. you know you're dialing in something that you think um you intuitively think that's where that sound is going to end up but i think when you're using plugins or uh, you know like door and stuff like that you just tend to feel like i always feel like oh this has been invented by someone else it's almost mm. like the same with the guitar <laughs> playing like mm -hmm. this riff has been invented by someone else so i i tend to stay away from using it as much as possible but like you say you you can highlight it with sub bass and stuff like that eq and things like that that's that's mm. no brainer but, but yeah i mean that it feels like it's more original when you're working with a system that you've built yourself you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think there's there's kind of a you can kind of get lost in the weeds of this kind of tangible physical you know relationship because i think like this seems to happen to a lot of people is they they're they're prolific musicians and then they get into modular and then they just build patches but they don't really record anymore you know because yeah. like, they're just like they, they build that one patch well this isn't what i really want to be representative of my work so they tear that out and then six months goes by and they they haven't you know that happened to me i i was very prolific probably too much so and then got into modular and it really really slowed down but i think that has also helped me try to focus on what it is exactly that I do want to commit to, to tape or, or whatever, mm. you know? Oh yeah. I definitely get like incredibly frustrated with it <laughs> <laughs> and just the length of time that it takes to, to make something. Yeah. And often I'm like, this just doesn't even feel like making music at the moment, but yeah. then I always hit that point where I'm like, okay, now I can go. Now I can play as I would play any other instrument. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um but e even this week i was just getting a patch ready for a show and it was um you know something that's a lot more kind of unfolding beatless kind of music and um, i was just like i fucking hate this like why am i <laughs> why am i doing this to myself you know and um 
but you know, but I think it's like any any act of creation. I think I've always done that with anything I've been using, like painting, drawing. Mm. I've always had that fear of even touching the materials, and then starting and going, "Oh my god, oh yeah, yeah, it's taking form," and then being like, "I don't know what I'm doing. This looks like, <laughs> sounds like shit." Yeah. <laughs> and then you and then you break and then you break through that and then suddenly mm-hmm. you're you're you know you're master of the uh of of what you're doing you know and and taking mm-hmm. it somewhere that you didn't even know existed so it's so funny that the 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 peaks and valleys that you can find because sometimes within you know 12 hours of each other sometimes I'll I'll feel Oh wow! Hey, I think I finally am a good modular synthesis. I think I'm good at this. And then the next day, you're like, "I'm gonna stop doing this because I clearly suck." Like, <laughs> you know, it's like you have these days where you just feel like, "Did I totally forget how to do this?" And it's yeah, yeah I don't know. It's... There's, I think that's really it's it's kind of fun. I mean, I guess I get that with guitar and stuff too. But it just, I don't know. It feels heavily accentuated with with yeah. A, your... I, I think I think it's because it's a new world, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. With guitar, you kind of know you. You already know how it's going to sound with mm-hmm. modular. You don't know where it's, and that's what's a good thing. Like you're saying about the, the system collaborating with you. That's why I like it too. It's mm-hmm. because I have an idea, and then it kind of moves on to somewhere in another world, and and it and it kind of um, informs your ideas more. And it takes you. Sometimes it takes you to a really good place that you like. You say it's brand new, and and you know it opens opens up the doors. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm running on now, but you know, it, no, I, no I, I, I totally, <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. There's, there's, there's an element. Cause when I go into, I want to see if this is similar for either of you, but when I go into, to create something, when I have the, the muse, it's not so much that I have a, an actual idea in my head that I want to turn into something like that, or, or how do I say this? It's not like I have a specific sound or melody that I then need to like bring out of an instrument. It's more of a, a mood or a feeling or a drive, a, a compulsion almost to just go to these things and then things start happening. And it, like you said, it's almost like it takes your hand and starts leading you and, and, yeah. and it introduces you, okay, here's, here's a signpost, which way do you want to go? And you get to mm. choose, but you don't necessarily get to choose when the signposts come up and all that. And for me, that seems to just like, I can find my voice in that rather than try exactly. to show my voice, which, yeah. 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 Cause I think often when you have, um, when I've had like a direct idea or a direct influence, that I somehow want to work into, um, whatever I'm working on, it's, it never happens. And it obviously yeah. doesn't turn out the way that I want Same it to, here. but if I keep it in my sort of peripheral vision, almost like it's there, but I'm not looking directly at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somehow, then it works its its way in there, mm-hmm. and then yeah. something something familiar is there, but it's also something kind of new and something you know that I haven't actually heard before coming from my own music. You know. Yeah, I I think of it sometimes as kind of like. This is this it gets a little wooey and a little heady, but it's almost like a little microcosm or like a little it's it's very Buddhist in a way of like it's kind of like life. If you try to control every aspect of your life and make everything go the exactly the way that you want to do it, well, everybody knows 
past the age of 27, hopefully, <laughs> if you try to do that, you're, you're in for a world of hurt. But if you kind of let go and, you know, let things happen, but also, you know, make, be, have agency in it, but don't try to force everything, just kind of take things as they come. I feel like that you can get into a much better state of just flowing through things. And I feel like that with, with modular sometimes, but that might be a little heady. I don't know. No, no, I think uh, I totally agree. I think it's about what presents itself and way, and it's your choice about where you want to take it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that when you collaborate in that sort of situation, it's nice as well because you have your own tools that you know very well. You get to mm -hmm. know, I mean, I've been playing, I've been working with Roger since for about nine years now. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> so you kind of like, um, you get to know your tools and what they do, but you still have to be prepared for the unexpected. And when you work with someone else, that's another dimension of unexpected. And then it's like, you suddenly can, can take control of your own system um, to work with that other person, that other sound. And that's a really interesting kind of like, almost like table tennis play of, of sound that um, you, you know, again, is a bit endless. But I think yeah. what, was, what was good about um, Alex and my setups were that they were individual in terms of the sound um, in, in, in their textures and their tonal values. Um, because obviously it was the voice and it was like guitar and Alex was cello and it was his voice. They're both coming from the same spaces and places, but they both totally were very different, but they seemed to work really well together, you know? Yeah. And that was something that I hadn't experienced before um, that project. So that again was something that accelerated the kind of um, the, the recording because things were happening quite quickly, you know? Yeah. I mean, it did say two days, but I mean, it was like not fully on two days. It was like two, two hour sessions at a time and then go yeah. back. And, and, um, and I think looking, reflecting back on those sessions, like um, you could really identify who was doing what set part for some of it. And then other parts, they, the sections really did melt really together. Melts, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there are moments I feel like when I'm listening to it where I hear your individual voices and then I do hear them totally meld together. And and I think you guys did a really good job with with that. But like on this topic of collaboration, you know, in, in, in the modular world, this 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 whole like it can get out of control, it's hard to totally control it. And you're collaborating with a with a machine in a way. I think all of these aspects are what make it kind of difficult for two people to get together and then do this with two machines. It's almost like it's it, it's exponentially mm. more of the thing that we've been talking about. And I wonder if that's why we don't see too much collaboration. I, I feel like we're seeing it a little bit more now. But I'm also curious, like with 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 this with what I just said, can, like how much did the fact that both of you are well seasoned um, collaborators with with a lot of different people, how much that lent itself to the success? Yeah, of I mean, for well. me, it just felt really effortless as well. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't because we didn't even really sort of discuss anything. Like mm -hmm. I, I just turned up with my case and went to Nick's studio, and and I was like, can 
you know, can we connect the two cases? Looks like, yeah, of course we can. I'm like, cool, how do we do that? And she's just like, well, just like this. <laughs> and then we just, and, and then we just like, and we started from scratch with a lot of the, like the, the beat sequences. We both just started punching in different sections, had, you know, quite a simple um, structure there. But then, yeah, just started, yeah, just, both started playing and it just started like melding and evolving and yeah it was great i think the uh, the the fact that we've both been in bands um we've both come from that direction um kind of informed your way of collaborating i think when you get i'm not sure but i can imagine when you get two modular systems together from people from people who are operating them haven't been in that sort of band situation. Yeah. It's difficult to understand space. And because yes. mm. if you think about a modular setup, that is almost like a whole band in itself. Can be oh, you can have beats, you can have a, mm-hmm. a synth voice, you can have sample vocals, you can, you know, or it can just be one thing, you know, whatever you choose. But um yeah, it's kind of that understanding of giving each other space and kind exactly. of you, you you read the signs in just like body posture on when it's gonna when you're going to start to slay it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. Exactly. <laughs> space, when space going to happen, the, you know. Yeah. Yeah, space is the most important aspect of playing with somebody else and listening and having a conversation or an argument, you know. <laughs> it's like, and I, I love that. I kind of, I, I, I prefer that, you know, than, than playing structured Mm-hmm. Music a lot mm-hmm. of the time. I love just turning up with some bits and pieces and just like something's going to happen, you know? Yeah. It's very, very rare that I've collaborated with somebody and I'm like, because mm. even if it's really, you know, two things or three or four things that are really pushing against each other, even that's interesting in itself, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. seeing a friend of mine, um, Richard Thomas, playing with Derek ba- Bailey. And Richard was just playing, you know, was using a laptop and Derek was playing guitar. And it kind of, in a sense, it kind of, it really didn't work, but it kind of really did at the same time. <laughs> I really like the fact that it, these two worlds are really pushing against each other, but it's still, you know, they still made something of real worth. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was great. I always think about that, that concert actually, you know. Mm. I think also um, audiences are being really great as well. If, when it, when you turn up with them onto the synth, uh, I don't think they. I think they, ha- they know what to expect. They know it's going to be experimental. Um, you know, it could go any way, and that's changed my outlook on things a lot since from being in sort of a constructed band situation to being in like an improv band situation with Chris and Cozy you know, but underlying there's a beat and there's a rhythm and you're playing on, on top of it with extended guitar. And then there's like the modular synth setup with Peter Rayberg and it's just completely, we had no idea how it was going to pan out. We, we met up in different countries and set up and play, you know. And I think <laughs> it really depends because of my experience of doing all these different setups, it, it, it depends, you, you know, you kind of get self-confidence in a way that you whatever happens go with it like you say be open to go with it mm-hmm. and um exactly. and, and that happens as well in a, in a studio environment you know um just not to walk in there with any expectation really 
Yeah, that's a huge thing. And I think, you know, playing in bands, I've played in, you know, five or six bands throughout my life, some of them for, you know, up, upwards of five years at a time. And um, you really have to, do you have to learn how to work with other people and learn how to like set aside for lack of a better word, because I don't mean this in a rock star sense, but like your, your ego, you know, I think it should go this way. Well, I think it should go this way. And that right there could be the beginning of the end for a, oh, yeah, a collaboration, yeah. you know, or a friendship or something. So, you know, you, you do have to evolve as a person in a way to yeah. be able to handle that. And then once you're over that, once you kind of can set your ego aside, it, it goes back to kind of what you just said, like you can be open to these, these things. And I find that, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I like having 100% creative control so I can explore my more weird ideas or whatever. But sometimes there's just something that, that can come from a collaboration that, that you would just never have found on your own. And those for me have been some of the most rewarding experiences in just creating music is having those moments where I have half of an idea or even a quarter of an idea and somebody comes in with the rest and those pieces just really fit. And then you kind of, you both can look at each other and your eyes light up. Yeah. And get that, like we did it. You know, that's just such a great yeah. feeling. The amount of times I've had like conversations with people before the show, like, yeah, let's start off really quiet. Oh, you know, whatever. And it's like as soon as everybody sits down, that goes completely out the window. Yeah, you know, immediately it's just like. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I'm curious. So with two days, you know, I I have a a, a writing partner. He plays. He's like classically trained piano player and and I process his stuff through modular and we usually kind of go into things without a, a whole lot of an idea of what we're going to do and kind of just kind of trust each other and you know we only get these you know sometimes just two days or like this one really long day to kind of track all this stuff and you know we we are learning this language with each other of when to maybe move on but if you guys are you know if you're working in two days you're saying in two hour improv chunks like is there a sense of being like should we call this one should we start over or like what's the what is that language like and how, how does that develop with with you guys in this project well to be honest with you um after we finished a session um i i handed the files to Alex and Alex did majority majority of the editing. And I okay. think that's probably possibly the best way to go is to, to, if you're both in it is to get one to edit and then the other to feedback on the edits. Yeah. So yeah. otherwise there's too much material to go through. We on, the, I think on the second yeah. day, we, on the second day, I think we started to sort of edit together, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And we were just doing some, just, just, slowing down the bpm on the um on, what were we using bitwig i think mm -hmm. and just you know pulling out this really sort of granular sounds and then i can't remember if that got lost or or something and then yeah. i think I, I tried to recreate it on um on what's Quick the next time. track <laughs> oh, yeah yeah no, I got <laughs> no i yeah. tell you i you know, I tried to recreate it, and um, it's I got pretty close, really. I think. Yeah. I think. I think whenever I'm sort of editing stuff, I'm all. I think I was sort of mostly thinking about, you know, because I think we did it over lockdown, so we could meet up and do it together. 
so I was really thinking about Nick the whole time and thinking, yeah, I really want to do justice to all of her sounds and make sure it's, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, swallowing up a lot of the space, you know, because I think it's very easy to do that when you're editing stuff is, is to inadvertently, um, you know, push your stuff forwards and you know I'm always really thinking about the other person and how mm. both things can you know be equal you know I, I hate it when situations feel kind of unfair <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you know, totally. we've, all, really, we've all been in there we've all been there you know <laughs> and I think it's just really great to have that in mind you know to mm. um I'm um, super lucky then this on this occasion because you could have just totally turned me down. <laughs> <laughs> no way, no way. Yeah. I'm like, I think there was quite a few instances, you know, where I was um like just pulling myself out completely of sections and mm-hmm. just like listening to all, all of Nick's parts and just being, wow, it just sounds amazing. Like you don't mean need me doing some scratchy clicky noisy <laughs> shit over the top of that you know let's just pull that back for a bit and just let let that you know person's playing breathe and you know mm. it's almost like the classic kind of you know uh jazz way of kind of doing stuff with one player pulling back letting the other yeah. player you know fill the space and then coming back in again and i think you know it's it's you know it's nice to sort of just yeah to trust each other and to and just to let each other's um, elements breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this collaboration with my friend who plays piano, you know, he doesn't know anything about editing or, or mixing or anything like that. So I I'm the one doing that and kind of showing showing him when I have something done. So I kind of wonder, Nick, is it is it kind of fun to be on the other side of that to be like. All right, s- send it all away, and then you get sent this thing, and get to be like, "Oh, cool! This is this is what he's been working on." Like almost like a little like surprise gift in the in the email basket or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. I mean, it, definitely. I think um, it's um, it's all it's just extending the collaboration effort of having that trust in the other person as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and um, it, it, like I, I know when I listen back, I have difficulty. Uh, that's my main flaw is that that's why it takes me so long to do a solo record, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that I can't commit to a recording. Um, so to have Alex to do that was just like a dream, you know? So yeah, it was great to, to hear back his edit take on what he thought were the best parts of the session. And, mm-hmm. um, and I've, and I've not gone back and revisited to see what he's missed out because I'm kind of trusting his, you know his focus on it you know because mm-hmm. i think it yeah, takes yeah, a certain yeah. type of focus on it <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and it just sounds great you know it sounds really really great and yes i was surprised at some of the moments i thought well, i can't remember doing that that's really great and and perhaps if i was editing with him i probably would have said oh i'm not sure about that piece but that's another thing about having the insecurities about section whereas the other person might think it's really good and strong which you mm-hmm. wouldn't realize until this sort of situation, you know. Yeah, right. Now I remember yeah. when we got finally got all the pieces together, and you were like, "Good, it sounds like an album," you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those, two, <laughs> those, those two, those two days of playing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't do any post production really, except for compression, EQ, 
tiny bit mm-hmm. of um, reverb and just you know and just chopping sections and and that was it really it was pretty much kind of what we did on the day but just kind of amplifying it and getting it to you know sit sit as an album you know mm-hmm. I think I mean it's almost like kind of editing a uh, a live concert you know yeah whenever yeah. whenever I've done that um like when I've done stuff with um, Grumbling Fur and Charlemagne Palestine, you know, we've taken those stems. And there's some sections when you listen back to a live recording and improvisation when you're like, that is kind of boring, you know. (laughs) That that bit's not as exciting as this section. And Mm -hmm. then just try to knit it so that then the listener is just, you know, accepting it as a live recording, you know, Mm -hmm. so they're, they're not even thinking about that. But so you're still, as a recording, it's still got a nice linear story, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, flowing through it. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 so important. I feel like, especially because something like this is is really a, yeah, there are tracks, but it's really like a, a piece in itself, right? This album, yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I like to view mm, albums. Definitely, this feels yeah. very much that. Um, that that was that's what will be interesting about your collaboration with the piano though. If you're going to do it over two days, I think you'll come away from that seeing it in a similar way. You know, because mm-hmm. you've got that spontaneous two days of recording in the same space, which makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You're in the same mindset as as opposed to coming back a month later. You know. Yeah, yeah. We've done two of those sessions, and they're they're very different. And then the second mm. one was much better because we started developing you know, our, our, our relationship, you know, we're friends, but now we have this new relationship as collaborators and that's that you have to figure that out, you know? And, sure. And that's, yeah. That's part yeah. Of the you fun. become, become brave, right? Yeah. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like you say, it's, it's learning, it's learning about yourself as much as mm-hmm. it is actually making a sound. And, you know, once you realize that that's kind of, um, yeah oh gosh my, my yeah i lost you yeah well i think that's i mean it's kind of going back to the you know music or being you know being a creative in any any sort of endeavor i think it really does if you're keen to it if, you, if you're open-minded to it and you could you're lucky enough to realize it it is it's it's just such like a training ground for just life in general you know yeah like you like you said you can learn about yourself yeah, if you're open to the idea of learning about yourself, and I, I, I don't know, I, I figured that out on my own as I grew, you know, grew older, and I think that's what happens to most people. But you know, there's always a part of me that wishes I could go back and talk to twenty year old Tim and be like, "Hey, just so you know, um, <laughs> you know, be be a little bit more open minded about stuff, you know, <laughs> just like yeah, where would I yeah, be now?" Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of useless um, feedback loop thinking there. Um, so we're getting towards the end here. One thing I definitely wanted to ask you both is if you had any advice for people who are trying to. Uh... Oh no! Okay, <laughs> we're, we're, we've got a low battery happening. Okay, so we'll, we'll just plow through this. Any any advice for people trying to collaborate with each other? Um. Mm. Yeah, just don't hold on to any preconceptions of what you think about the other person's music or your or, or, or your own you know I think I think go with a few ideas like a few uh, if you oh, do yeah. modular like some pre sequence 
um, program sequences for the event or like pre-records for ones or things like that. So, um, so you're a little bit prepared and you can start and obviously start with your favorite part of those pre-records and just, you know, just take it from there um, have confidence in your own, in your own side of it. And then when you meet up with your collaborator, you know, just try to get to know them personally as well Definitely. as just working with, with the machine, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I've already got ideas for our next uh, meeting, Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, we, we're almost at an hour, and we've got batteries dying, and I don't want to lose anybody suddenly. So um, I just want to thank you both so much for coming on the show, and if, if there's anything you'd like to scream from the modular mountaintops before, before we sign off. Any companies, just send me as many modules as you <laughs> as you want. I'm totally pro. Uh... <laughs> and why is that, Alex? Is that because you've gone into the modular world? That's why you're yeah. totally pro. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. And the album is out in June, right? Yeah, June twenty first. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure getting to talk to you. Um, I'm a you know huge fan of of both of your guys's work and and of your work together. So this was this was really fun. Thanks. Thank Tim. you. Thanks, Tim. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much to Nick and Alex for coming on. Don't forget to check out their new album out today, Brood X Cycles. It's really, really good. I tell you what, don't forget to get your uh, your Velocity tickets. And you don't have to live in the Northwest. Come on up. It'll be awesome. We can hang out. Come see my live uh, podcast with Richard Devine, Lisa Belladonna, and Daedalus. And then watch them all play amazing sets, including many other people. Thank you to After Later Audio for your continuous support of Podular Modcast. Go check out the new videos there on the YouTube. Also, thank you to Patchworks Seattle for your continued support. Go visit them online at patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Thank you for coming back to Podular Modcast. This week's secret word is grit. Until next week. <laughs>